stuff, but you're going to have to think this morning because I have a Christmas IQ test. Now, let me make a statement ahead of time. You may think I'm sacrilegious. You may think this is goofy, but, and you may think uh, that I'm uh, irreverent, but if you were to uh, piece together the Christmas stories from the hymns we sing, the songs we sing, you would not have the biblical version. I hate to tell you that, but that is true. So, this morning, with that in mind, we're going to take a Christmas quiz. Uh, there are 16 questions, uh, and I just, they're like A, B, C, D, that type of thing. And, um, oh, there's the first one up there. I didn't know it was up there yet. Okay, here, let me get out of the way. And uh, what I want you to do, you'll get to see them for a second before we get the answer uh, on the second round. <clears throat> but a lot of times we think we know the answer. And if you listen to popular culture, you listen to the songs and the carols we sing, you will be somewhat goofed up. I have to tell you that. Um, and um, I'm not anti-Christmas carols or the hymns in our hymnal. I'm just telling you they don't have their theology or their facts correct many times. So keep that in mind um, and put them down. And I will uh, tell you ahead of time, unless you want to brag that you got them all right, um, we're not going to ask you how many you got right or wrong. So just keep, keep tabs of it. Uh, if you think you can keep it in your head, do that, but I'm encouraging you to write them down. So, the first one is, on the, for the journey to Bethlehem, Mary and Joseph both walked. Joseph walked and Mary rode on a donkey. They rode camels and D, no one knows. Okay, I'll go through these fairly quickly. Uh, when Mary became pregnant, Mary and Joseph were married. They were just friends. They were engaged, they were betrothed, or E, we have a five on this one, betrothed and married. That is when she became pregnant. Keep that in mind. Okay. When Joseph found out that Mary was pregnant, he immediately wanted to marry her, wanted to break off their relationship, was visited by an angel, sent Mary away from, Na from Nazareth for a while. Remember, the key word is right here, immediately. Okay, keep that in mind when you answer it. <clears throat> Number four, Christmas has always been celebrated on December 25th, celebrated on January 6th, celebrated in the springtime, or all of the above. Okay, I'll, you'll, if you don't get one as I'm going, I will give you a couple seconds the second round through. <clears throat> Uh-oh, somebody, what happened there? Okay, hang on. Okay, I don't know what happened there. Okay, um, what we know about the Magi is this. They were kings from the east. There were three of them. Their names were Melchior, Casper, and Balthasar. Thar. <clears throat> Their gifts were gold and frankincense and myrrh. What do you know about the Magi? Who directed Mary and Joseph to go to Bethlehem? Was it Herod the Great? An angel of the Lord, Caesar Augustus, or the governor Cyrenius. All depends what version of the Bible. It's actually a Latin term, Cyrenius. Uh, uh, all depends which uh, version you use, uh, one of those two. Okay, number seven. Who or what is a heavenly host? Is it an angel choir that is singing? 
Is it a welcoming angel like would be at IHOP or someplace like that where they have a receptionist? Uh, is it an army of God's angels or is it God himself appearing? That is what, is a, what or who is a heavenly host. What song did the angels sing? What child is this, which we sang earlier? Uh, Joy to the world, glory to God in the highest, that's not in our hymnal, and none of the above. We're halfway through. How many angels spoke to the shepherds? A multitude, two of them only, just Gabriel and Michael. Uh, One spokes angel and the heavenly host, or none, Angels don't speak to shepherds. Remember, most people didn't really like shepherds because they smelled a little bit. They were a little oddball. uh, So you might want to keep that in mind. Um, The child Jesus was born in a cave, in a manger, in Bethlehem, or in Jerusalem, which is the city of David. Joseph's family originated from Jerusalem, Nazareth, uh, Bethlehem or Galilee. Where did his family originate? Key word is family. Just in case, just so you don't think I'm trying to trick you. I'll make sure. Okay. What is a manger? Is it a barn or a stable type uh, place where cattle would be kept? Uh, things would be stored for the farm? Is it a place for hay? Is it a feeding trough? Or is it a biblical term for a nursery? You should have saw some of the goofy ones. I, uh, just, just to uh, let you know, I found this quiz someplace and totally redid it. And there were some really goofy ones on the original one. that It, it was like uh, the name for the church nursery or something. Okay, so uh, some of them were meant to be humorous, but most of them are just serious contenders. Okay, when the Magi uh, brought their gifts to Jesus, they found him in a manger, a house, a room at the inn, or none of the above. And notice it's the, when the Magi brought their gifts. <clears throat> Number 14. Who saw the star? Uh, Mary and Joseph, the shepherds, the Magi, or Herod, or all of the above? This is who saw the star. Number 15. Uh, no wonder I have problems. That thing didn't change for me. Okay, it's, it's uh, for what sign were the shepherds to look? A star over the stable? A baby in a feed trough? A baby wrapped in strips of cloth? An inn? Or both B and C? And this is the shepherds in this case. Who, what were they to look for? And the last one. What was not said about Jesus by the angels and magi? Okay, so uh, I have, um, what is it, six things there. Only one of those is not true. So did the angels or the magi say he is Lord? Uh, Did they indicate that he was a baby? Did they indicate that he was the king of the Jews? Did they indicate that he was Mary's son? Did they indicate that he is a savior or did they uh, indicate that he is uh, the Christ or a Christ? So those are the ones. And you're looking there for the one that is not true. The, the key there is not. What is not true? 
Okay? Now, was that hard? Was it hard? Ah, we got smart people here, or nobody's afraid, everybody's afraid. I'll tell you what, you might, uh, anyway, I had to think about some of these. So, for the journey to Bethlehem, Mary and Joseph, uh, by the way, if you come to the second service, you will get a very abbreviated part of this. If you think about it, uh, the second service uh, is a time when it's an outreach. Many times family members and, and grandparents and other people come to see their grandchildren. Um, the very last question is the one that I'm going to emphasize because that is the one that has the gospel in it. Because indeed, we want people not to just celebrate uh, a, a great time. And by the way, I have no problem celebrating Christmas. I think it's great. We probably ought to celebrate a whole lot more because we have a lot to be thankful for and joyful for as Christians. But <clears throat> uh, I want to make sure that we do not miss the central theme, the reason there even is a Christmas. So uh, if you think about that and for the next couple hours, if you want to pray in that direction, that someone would be touched by the truths of the Word of God, I encourage you to do that uh, along with me. So, uh, when they went to Jerusalem, what is the answer there? B? Who said, no, I'm, I told you I won't do that. Um, show me, the, I'm being sarcastic, show me the verse where it says Mary rode a donkey. Plenty of songs say that. Every pageant ever known to man says that. But the Bible does not. We have no idea. It's, it, it is D. We have no idea how they got there. We don't. By the way, did the Magi ride camels? We have a no idea. The Bible is totally silent on that one. So, Mary and Joseph, we know, were very poor. I don't even know if they owned a donkey. Nobody does. The Bible simply doesn't record it. Could have she ridden a donkey? The answer is, of course, she could have. So could have Joseph. But we don't know that from the Bible. The accounts, all it says in the Bible is that Joseph went up to, from Galilee and took Mary with him. That's all we know. And by the way, uh, if you want to write all this down, if, if you write two passages down, go home. This will be the challenge because you may get shook a little bit of what you think you know and what is true. Go home and read Matthew chapter 1, the last half of the chapter, starting at verse 18. Matthew 1, 18 to the end of the chapter. You can keep reading after that too. But, uh, or Luke chapter 2. That's where all the answers are going to come from. Because those are the two traditional Christmas stories. There are bits and pieces other places in the Bible, but those are the two accounts. Uh, and according to Luke 2, uh, verse 4, it, all it says is Joseph went up from Galilee. That's all it says. So we simply, it's D, because we don't know. We simply don't know. The Bible gives no record uh, to the means of their travel. Okay, let's look at the second one. This one here, um, I would accept a couple of answers if I knew your thinking, okay? So which one is it? You can just blurt it out. If you're wrong, we won't make fun of you, okay? Let's, let's do it that way. We'll just keep moving because we don't have all morning. So which one is it? D. It is indeed D. Now, if you would have said, and by the way, that is Matthew chapter 1, uh, verse 18, where it says, Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. 
Now, I could spend an hour and a half talking about betrothal, but I'm not going to do that today. Betrothal is not the same as engagement. We have engagements today. The only culture in the world that I'm aware of that has betrothal is uh, the, the early Jewish people. I don't know if they use it today or not, but they did in the Old Testament times and they did in the New Testament times. They have betrothal. Betrothal is this, and that's why if you said um, E, I would give you credit for it. Because if you were betrothed, you were considered married. You had never lived together. There had not been a ceremony where all your friends were invited. By the way, you have to read through the whole New Testament and some of the Old Testament to know the full scope of a betrothal. But a betrothal was that you were officially married. You were called husband and wife. How do I know that? When you, when you go home and read Matthew chapter 1, you will find that there are a couple of things. And I would tell you, if you read some of the newer versions, it's going to be harder to pick this out. But, <clears throat> for example, it says that, um, well, first of all, it says that um, when Joseph, and by the way, you can't change your answer because I'm going to give away an answer here. But Joseph was going to put his wife away secretly. You had to, to break a betrothal, you had to get a divorce, okay, to break it. So that's how binding it was. It lasted approximately one year. At the end of one year, if you want to find out what happened, go to John chapter 2. You will know that as the wedding in Cana where they came together and all the friends were there and everything. You remember the first miracle Jesus per, uh, uh, did? That is the actual wedding ceremony itself. But before that, it was like our engagement, except you were seen as married, and to break the betrothal required a divorce. And there are a lot of things in the Old Testament and the New Testament that uh, go in that direction, and it's uh, important to know about that. But uh, they were. In fact, is in Matthew uh, chapter... <clears throat> Excuse me, you have to excuse my voice here a couple of times. But in Matthew chapter two, uh, 1, uh, verse uh, 20, it says, uh, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. If you have a version of Scripture that is very literal, it has the word as in italics. That's on purpose because it's not there in Greek. And all it says is there is don't be afraid to take Mary, your wife. And then in the end, uh, in verse 24, it says, He took her as his wife. The, the part, her as, is also in italics because it doesn't belong there either. It simply says that Joseph did as the Lord commanded and took his wife. So, all it says was they went through with the actual wedding ceremony and consummated the marriage itself. In fact is, it says that he kept her a virgin until after Jesus was born. So there can never be any questions as to the, the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ because Joseph was indeed not his physical father. And so we have to keep that in mind. So betrothal is the, the, the answer. Even if you said married, I would give you about a half a point, but the, the Bible's very clear that they were betrothed. So just kind of keep that in mind. Again, 
Look it up for yourself. I got to keep moving here. Or we'll never get done. Okay. When Joseph found out Mary was pregnant, and I, I told you, the word is immediately is the key one. Which one is true? Which one? B? B or C, okay? Um, actually, the immediate, and that's the key phrase up there. He immediately wanted to put her away quietly and privately. Now, some of these other things happened. He did indeed marry her. He uh, was visited by an angel. Uh, he did not send Mary away. But um, he immediately, and you will find the answer to that. I don't have a pulpit here. You have to excuse me. Different setup here. Okay. Um, <clears throat> it says... Um, that uh, Joseph, at verse 19 of Matthew 1, it says, Joseph, her husband, by the way, that also, I didn't mention that one earlier, Joseph, her husband, they hadn't been married yet, they were betrothed, but called husband and wife, uh, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her, desired to put her away secretly. The words put her away are normally translated in the New Testament, divorce. So, that's exactly what he was going to do uh, with her. Now, the other things happened, but it does say in, in Luke chapter 1, verse 39, that Mary arose and went with haste to the hill country. So Mary went, but she was not sent away by Joseph. She went to Elizabeth uh, and lived with her for about three months and then came back home. Okay, number f uh, the next one. Christmas has always been December 25, January 6th, the springtime, or all of the above. D? It is indeed D. Here's the key thing. Oh, by the way, it's D. It was simply a date uh, selected uh, in the 4th century. There's a lot of debate of why it was selected. Nobody... And I want to make this very clear. Nobody believes that is the actual birth date of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that is not why it was selected. It doesn't make any sense. It has been celebrated. The argument about when Jesus was born and whether even to celebrate Christmas or his birth has gone on since way, way back, soon after the New Testament was fi finally, uh, the final uh, chapters in the, the New Testament were written, the debate started immediately. Nobody knew the exact date. <clears throat> it doesn't matter. When we celebrate Christmas, we do not celebrate a date. We celebrate an event, an earth-changing, heaven, God coming to earth changing everything, fulfilling prophecy from the Old Testament, and giving us the opportunity for new life in the one who didn't come just to live, uh, didn't come just to live a good life. He did a, lived a perfect life, but one who came to die. And so what we do is we celebrate not a date, but the fact <clears throat> that Jesus uh, came to earth and came. In fact, is in Hebrews chapter 4, it says that we don't have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things, yet without sin. And so we have a different kind of high priest now because he came to earth. A priest is one who goes on our behalf 
to God. He is the only one that's a, that's a priest without sin. And he can do that. He could not do that without the incarnation, that is, without him being born. And Philippians chapter 2, and I told you, the Christmas story is found the whole way through the Bible. The accounts are found in Luke chapter 2 and Matthew chapter 1, but various facts about what took place are found the whole way through the Bible. And Philippians chapter 2 Uh, Verse 8 says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. He is the man that was born to die. Nobody likes to die. It was an agonizing process. Cruel as cruel could be. But even above and beyond all the physical pain and the humiliation of dying on a cross was the fact that he, a sinless man, took my sin and your sin on himself. That's the truly agonizing part. And there's no theological concept here. But if Jesus would have died without taking our sin, I think it would have been the only death in all of history that didn't have pain and agony attached to it. Because he had no sin. But on the other hand, he took all of our sin, the whole sin of the whole world, the whole universe on himself and died for us. So it's all of the above. And yes, um, some people still celebrate Christmas uh, January 6th. Um, I think it's the Orthodox, something like that. It had been celebrated in the springtime. And there were all kinds of other dates that Christmas has been suggested and celebrated on. But uh, so all of them above is the true answer. Number five. I went back and redid this, and for some reason it's fighting with me. Okay. What we know about the Magi is this. Which one? Which one? B? Oh, D. D. Okay. Yeah. We have no clue from the Bible. This comes to surprise a lot of people. We have no idea if there were three magi. We have no idea. All we know is he brought three kinds of gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's all we know. Could have been dozens of them. We know it had to be at least two because it's plural. But uh, we have no idea how many there were. But it was probably more than three. Uh, the tradition uh, is that they had their named uh, Nobody, nobody knows that for sure. We have no idea what their names are from the Bible. Um, uh, but all we know is the gifts that were brought. And those gifts actually have uh, significance if you look at it um, from a, uh, a theological point of view, they do. The Magi were basically the wise men of the pagan world. And uh, they knew about the star from way, way back, way back uh, in the history of Israel. They knew that there was going to be a star arising. And when they saw something very different, that's what attracted them in that direction. Now, who directed Mary and Joseph to go to Bethlehem? You got to speak up real loud. I can't hear. C. Okay. Some people's. Okay. It was indeed uh, Caesar Augustus. He's the one that made the decree. But what you got goofed up there if you said D is it says he did it while Cyrenius was governor. 
So keep that in mind. That's Luke chapter 2. But it was Caesar Augustus. He is the one that sent out the decree while Caesar, uh, uh, I'm sorry, while uh, Cyrenius was governor or Cyrenius was governor. All depends what uh, language you put it in. Uh, Herod the Great uh, is in the story, but he's the one that tried to kill him. That's right. And uh, angels are all through the story, but this is not one of the things uh, that an angel did. And so, indeed, it is <clears throat> It is C. Caesar Augustus. Number seven, who or what is a heavenly host? C? Okay. If you said C, you got it right. Um, and um, it could be a welcoming angel. There were... There was an angel that welcomed them, I guess. But the host simply means army. That's why I put that word there, because literally it's a heavenly army. And so it's an army of God's angels. As far as I know, the uh, angels that fell that are now evil spirits and demons are never called uh, a heavenly host. Uh, And the fact is, I don't think they're even called a host anywhere. Uh, but uh, And it is definitely not God uh, appearing. So it is definitely an army of God's angels. And you will find uh, that in Luke chapter 2, uh, verse 13, where it says, A multitude of the heavenly host. And a multitude just means a lot of them. How many? We don't know. But we know there were a lot of them, a multitude. If you look at the word multitude, you will find in Jesus' ministry, uh, the multitudes followed him. We don't know exactly how many. We just know that it was a, you you wouldn't have missed the crowd following him. And in this case, you wouldn't have missed that angels appeared and were uh, ministering. Okay, what song did they sing? None of the above. Glory to God in the highest on earth, peace, goodwill to men. Isn't that correct? They didn't sing. Okay. Every, there's only one hymn that I know of that the angels did say. Never accept at creation. And that is in Job where it says that. Never do we see angels singing. There's one other one in the book of Revelation that is questionable. I still think it says no in that one. But the angels don't sing. And besides, these are, these are two hymns that we sing today. This is just taking a quote out of the Bible of what it says. But it says, And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying. Not singing. Saying. And I've looked the word up, and it does not mean sing. It means talking. And so, indeed, it is D, none of the above. They don't sing, but they indeed did speak. Number nine. How many angels spoke to the shepherds? Okay, you say one. Any other answers? Any other answers? Okay. From what I can tell, if you look at the passage, it says that uh, verse 10 of Luke chapter 8... Verse 10 of Luke chapter 2, it says, And the angel said unto them, Fear not, etc., because I bring you good news of, uh, um, yeah, bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. And then it says, 
after that, and suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying. So indeed, if you said one angel, um, well, I don't even have that up there, do I? No. It wasn't uh, Gabriel and Michael. They, uh, Gabriel does uh, come into the story, but not in this case. We, it could have been Gabriel, but he's not mentioned. Let's put it that way. Uh, a multitude would be right, but C is the one that best fits it. Simply this. Uh, there's one angel that starts off and addresses the shepherds. But the rest of them, sort of like a chorus, chime in. So I would say that the one that fits that best is C. Uh, if you had A, give yourself credit. Uh, none. Uh, angels indeed do speak to the lowest of the low. And uh, that's cool because the Bible is clear in Hebrews chapter 1 verse 14. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister unto those who will be heirs of salvation? And so angels indeed do minister to people of all um, social categories. Okay, continuing on. Where was Jesus born? Okay, C, okay? We make some assumptions. By the way, it is C, his Bethlehem. Why? We can, we can make an assumption that a stable may have been a cave, and indeed it may have been, but we simply don't know. We could say a manger, but it doesn't say he was born in a manger. Mary did not crawl into a manger and give birth. Okay, A manger, well, I'm going to give away another one of them, but a manger is a feed trough. That's all it is. That's all it is is a feed trough. And so it says that she gave birth and laid him in a manger. So she didn't have a place. It'd be like, uh, and you've heard of this, maybe you did this. When your first kid was born, you didn't have furniture. You pulled out a, a drawer out of the dresser and made it into a cradle. Okay, basically the same kind of thing. And uh, he definitely was not born in Jerusalem. And I, I put Jerusalem there with the city of David because um, Bethlehem is also a city of David. I thought maybe you would uh, kind of like that. Okay. Joseph's family originated where? Got to go back to the Old Testament for this one, actually. Actually, no, it's in the story, but the Old Testament backs it up. It is indeed C. Uh, Joseph was of the line of David. David was from Bethlehem. And so when it went out a decree that everyone should go to their own city, what was required of them is to go back to their ancestral city. And so um, he went up from Galilee. That's where he was living, but that's not where his family, remember I said originated here, uh, is they were going back to their original town so they could get a right census. And by the way, the word taxed never appears anywhere. Uh, unfortunately, King James Version put it in there. Uh, it's a census. Now, was the census going to be used to tax people? That's a good possibility. Let's face it, that's what government does, right? They want to know who you are so they can get your money. But uh, it never says that. It is actually a census, and they had to go back to their original city, and that's where they would count the people. And so, indeed, it is Bethlehem, and in Luke chapter 2, 
verse 4, uh, you will find that. You will also find that in the Old Testament that he was, um, well, it says he was of the house and lineage of David. <clears throat> and that's found, by the way, if you want to know the references there, uh, is 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 12. And also, we know that when Herod found, uh, found out that the Magi were looking for the, the king of the Jews, he, the, the people who were advising him said, it's going to be Bethlehem, and he sent them off to Bethlehem. And so that's where, indeed, they were going. What is a manger? I already gave you this, and if you get this one wrong, you got a problem. But it is simply a feeding trough. And that's what it means. It's just an open box. In this case... Uh, we always have mangers made out of wood. The ones that they have actually found, by the way, it could have been made out of wood. We simply don't know. But the mangers that have been found in archaeological digs have been made out of and carved out of stone. So that makes it a little colder yet. <laughs> so uh, it doesn't say anything about what they put in it, but uh, we all we know is it was a place, and if you look the definition up, you'll find it was a place where they put feed for cattle. That's it. When the Magi brought their gifts to Jesus, they found him in? B. Every pageant I have ever seen is wrong. The Magi had to travel from other side of the desert to get there. By that time, it says that they came, the star came, they followed, the, they saw the star when they were in the east, they came, they, the star at that point hadn't stopped over top where Jesus was, but they went to Herod, Herod went to his advisors, and they said, this is where the one is going to be born, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. So they sent them off, and it says in Matthew chapter 2, that they went from there, and the star that they had seen from the east went before them, and in that case, came and stood still over where the child was, and they went into the house. So by that time, we don't know. It could have been a house on the other side of town. It could have been the house that was attached to the inn. We simply don't know. All we know is it was not in a stable. It was not in an inn. It was in the house. We don't know whose house. We know nothing else. But remember, Joseph was going back to the town of his birth. That's where his ancestors came from. It's a very good possibility. Again, we don't know this for sure. But many relatives still live there. And so he could have been in a relative's house, you know, waiting till it was easy to travel. And so, indeed, it was uh, in the house, and that's Matthew chapter 2, verse 11. 14, who saw the star? Not a trick question, by the way. Who saw the star? E. Could have been, except we don't know that. The only ones that is actually mentioned in the Bible that saw the star are the Magi. Could have the other ones seen that? So this is the toughest, this is the trickiest one of all the questions. Because it only says that the Magi saw it. Doesn't say that Herod saw it. It doesn't say that the shepherds or Mary and Joseph. I have an idea that they might have, but I don't know that for sure. And so the only answer that I can dogmatically uh, say is the Magi, and it's because it's the only one that it says it. You know me by now. You've got to let the Bible say what it says, and don't add to it, and don't take away from it. 
All I know is the only one I can say for sure is that uh, the Magi saw that. It's a good possibility that all the rest of them saw it. If they could see it, so could everybody else. But we just simply don't know that. So that's a kind of a tricky one. Number five, 15. Uh, for what sign were the shepherds to look? N- nobody will answer after that last one. <laughs> it's not a trick. Which one? E. It is indeed E because... In uh, Luke chapter 2, verse 12, he says, You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Swaddling clothes, by the way. And I don't understand this, but it's actually strips of cloth. That's what, it's almost the same as they would have wrapped a body that, w- that had died before they buried it. But it's strips of cloth, cloth wrapped around. I don't understand it. Uh, we don't do it that way, but that's what they did. And lying in a manger. And so indeed it is um, uh, E, it's B and C, because that's what the scripture says. One last one. This one here. Is what is not true in that list of six things? Which one did not the magi or the angels say, uh, say to them? Which one? D, indeed. They said nothing about Mary. In, in, the, in anything they said. They did indeed say that he is Lord. And this is the key thing here, folks. He is the Lord. When, when the word Lord is used in the New Testament, it can be used in various different ways. But taken to its fullest, here's what it means. It means that indeed he is the same one that is Jehovah from the Old Testament. Remember when Moses came to the burning bush? He said, who shall I say sent me? And from the burning bush, God said, tell them I am that I am has sent you. I am the self-existing one. I am the Lord. I'm Jehovah, the self-existing one who has no beginning. I'm the self. uh, No one else um, has produced me. I am, period. So he is the Lord. They said, you shall find the babe. Here's the, the, the key here, simply this. It wasn't God, because God is pure spirit, but God who is pure spirit, the second person of the Trinity, took on a human body, became a human baby. Can you imagine that? I know there was a sacrifice on the cross. That's the one that paid for our sins. But there was truly a sacrifice long before that. Can you imagine you created, I can't imagine this, but maybe you can. You created the whole universe. And now you have made yourself subject to the body of a baby. I, I, we've been out of this too long. We see our grandkids and we go, boy, they're little. Boy, they can't do much. <laughs> he voluntarily became a baby. That's important. He came and dwelt among us. Fully God, dwelling among us in a baby, growing up to be a man, among the sin and all the degradation and the hardship in this world. But he did it for us. Wow. It says, uh, the Magi said, where is he? Matthew chapter 2. Where is he born? King of the Jews. Remember, the Jews had been long looking for the one who would save them. 
Save them from the Romans. They didn't like the Romans at all because the Romans told them what to do. The Romans controlled them. They were looking for that one that would be the king of the Jews. You know why Herod tried to kill him, don't you? Because he's like, I'm king. No other king is going to be around. And if they believe this person is the king of the Jews, I got to get rid of him. And you know that he was shooting bumblebees with a shotgun because he said, all the babies two years and younger, uh, all the baby boys two years and younger need to be killed. Okay? Because he wanted no competition. He didn't want any rebellion. And of course, we know Jesus will be the king. He will sit on the throne of his father, David. But that will not happen until Christ himself rules and reigns for a thousand years on the earth. We call that the millennium. Of course, they did not say he was Mary's son, even though he is. He is the savior. He is the one that is the deliverer, the one that will preserve us. There is no other savior. He is the only one who is absolutely perfect. He represented God because he is God. And he represented man because he became a man. He represents both sides. He alone and only he is qualified to die on our behalf. Because he fully satisfies both sides of it. Humanity and God. When he died, he uh, represented us. And he also was perfect in that he could fulfill all the demands of righteousness and holiness that God demanded of us. We could never save ourselves. We could never pay for our sin. Only Jesus Christ could do that for us. And he is the Christ. The Christ is a the New Testament Greek word for Messiah, the anointed one, the one sent by God. Now, God had sent many prophets. He sent angels, as we know. um, And he had sent the priests, and, and, and they were anointed also. But he is the only one that is the Messiah. The one sent that fully represented God. And he alone. One more that is found, and it was not by the Magi nor Uh, the shepherds, and that is that he is Emmanuel, which simply means God with us. He is the one that came to earth, dwelt among us, and he is the one who we look to. He's the one that bridges the gap between a perfect holy God and sinful man. He alone could do that. And because he is also our Savior, he is the one that died so that gap could be closed. That's the good news of Christmas. It's not about a baby or a date. Even though those are all true things, it's about the one who became man, dwelt among us. By the way, he was all, they were also told that his name should be Jesus, which simply represents his humanity. Jesus means Joshua. That's all it is. It's the Greek version of Joshua from Hebrew. He is the one that came to save us. Joshua means Jehovah saves. He is, so Jesus represents his humanity. And these words, most of them, represent his deity. He is the God-man. He is the Savior. He is the one and the only one that can die for our sins. That's why Christmas is important. That's why I have no problem celebrating Christmas as long as we keep it in focus, that it's not about gifts and it's not about family. 
It's about Christ. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much that you're a God that has dwelt among us. In fact, as you dwelt among us so that we could dwell with you for all eternity. But Lord, we also know that without faith, we cannot please you. And we need to trust you. I pray that if there's anyone here this morning that does not know for sure that Christ is indeed their Savior, that they wouldn't leave here without talking to myself or Pastor John or someone else from the church so they could know without a doubt and they could know the full story and see from the the Scripture what it says and that they could too, by an act of their will, by a choice, choose to trust Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of their sins for their eternity. And we thank you in Jesus' name.